now streaming man with twisted link from adventures of sherlock holmes only on quadier you started podcast stream and there i saw holmes holmes i whispered what on earth are you doing in this stain as low as you can he answered i have excellent airs if you would have the great kindness to get rid of that stoutish friend of yours i should be exceedingly glad to have a talk a little talk with you i have a cab outside then pray send him home in it you may safely trust him of for he appears to be any mischief i should recommend you also to send a note by the cabman to your wife to say that you have thrown in your lot with me if you will wait outside i shall be with you in 5 minutes it was difficult to refuse any of sherlock holmes requests for they were always so extremely definite and put forward with such a quiet air of mastery i felt however that when whitney was once confined in the cab my mission was practically accomplished and for the rest i could not wish anything better than to be associated with my friend in one of those singular adventures which were the normal condition of his existence in a few minutes i had written my note paid whitney's bill led him out to the cab and seen him driven through the darkness in a very short time a decrepit figure had emerged from the opium den and i was walking down the street with sherlock holmes for two street he shuffled along with a bent back and a uncertain foot then glancing quickly round he straightened himself out and burst into a hearty fit of laughter <laughs> i suppose <laughs> i suppose watson said that you imagine that i have added opium smoking to a cocaine injections and all the other little weaknesses on which you have favored me with your medical views i was certainly surprised to find you there but no more so than i do find you i came to find a friend homes and and i to find an enemy an enemy yes one of my natural enemies or shall i say my natural prey briefly watson i am in the midst of a very remarkable enquiry and i hope to find a clue in the incoherent ramblings of these sorts as i have done before now had i been recognized in that then my life would not be worth an hour's purchase for i have used it before now for my own purposes and the rascally lascar who runs in has sworn to have vengeance upon me
there is a trap door at the back of that building near the corner of Paul's warp which could tell some strange what what do you what you do not mean bodies i bodies watson we should be rich men if we had 100000 pounds for every poor devil who has been done to death in that it is the wildest murder trap on the whole riverside and i fear that neville st clair has entered it never to leave it more but our trap should be there he put his two forefingers between his teeth and whistled shrill a signal which was answered by a similar whistle from a distance followed shortly by the rattle of wheels and chink of horses hoofs now watson said holmes as a tall dark car dashed up through the gloom throwing out two golden tunnels of yellow light from its side lanterns you come with me won't you if i can be of use i can't show sure come with you homes oh <laughs> a thirsty comer it is always of use and a chronicles tell more so my room at the cedars is double bedded one the cedars i asked yes that is must send clear's house i am staying there while i conduct the inquiry where is it then homes nearly in kent we have a 7 mile drive before us but i am all in the dark <laughs> of course you are you know all about it presently jump up here all right john we shall not need you here's half a crown look out for me tomorrow about 11 uh, i think 11 give her her head give her her head so long then he flicked the horse with his whip and we dashed away through the endless succession of somber and deserted streets which widened gradually until we were flying across a broad balustraded bridge with the murky river flowing sluggishly beneath us beyond lay another dull wilderness of bricks and mortar its silence broken only by heavy regular footfall of the policemen or the songs and shouts of some belated party of revelers a dull rack was drifting slowly across the sky and a star or two twinkled dim here and there through the rifts of the clouds home strode in silence with his head sunk upon his breast and in the air of a man who is lost in thought while i sat beside him curious to learn what this new quest might be which seemed to tax his powers so sorely and yet afraid to break in upon the current of his thoughts we had driven several miles and were beginning to get to the fringe of the belt of suburban villas when he shook himself shook his shoulder and lit up his pipe with the air of a man who has satisfied himself that he is acting for the best you have a grand lift of silence watson said he it makes you quiet 
invaluable as a companion. Upon my word, it is a great thing for me to have someone to talk to. For my own thoughts are not over pleasant, I was wondering what I should say to this dear little woman tonight when she meets me at the door. You forgot that I know nothing about it, Holmes. Have you forgotten that? I shall just have time to tell you the facts of this case before we got to leave. It seems absurdly simple and yet somehow I can get nothing to go upon. Nothing to go upon. There's plenty of threat, no doubt. But I can't. I can't get to the end of it into my hand. Now, I'll state the case clearly and concisely to you, Watson. And maybe you can see a spark where all is dark to me. Proceed then, I say. Some years ago, to be definite, in May 1884, there came to Ali a gentleman, Neville St. Clair, by name, who appeared to have a plenty of money. He took a large villa, led out to grounds very nicely, and lived generally a good style. By degrees he made friends in the neighborhood, and in 1887 he married the daughter of a local brewer, by whom he now has two children. He had no occupation, but was interested in several companies and went into town as rule in the morning and returning by 5.14 in the evening from Cannon Street every night. Mr. St. Clair is now 37 years of age, is a man of temperate habits, a good husband, a very affectionate father, and a man who is popular with all who know him. I may add that his whole debts at present moment, as far as we know, been able to a certain amount to 88 pounds 10 cents. While he has £220 standing to his credit in the capital and county's bank. There is no reason, therefore, to think that money troubles have been weighing up his mind. Last Monday, Mr. Neville St. Clair went into town rather earlier than usual, remarking before he started that he had two important commissions to perform and that he would bring his little boy home a box of bricks. Now by the merest chance, his wife received a telegram upon this same Monday, very shortly after his departure, to the effect that a small parcel of considerable value, which she had been expecting, was waiting for her at the offices of the Abundant Shipping Company. Now if you are well up in your London, you will know that the office of the company is in Fresno Street, which branches out of Upper Swandam Lane, where you found me tonight. Mrs. Sinclair had her lunch, started for the city, did some shopping, proceeded to the company's office, got her packet and found herself exactly 4.35 walking through Swandam Lane. On her way back to the station, have you followed me so far, Watson? It is uh, very clear, I said. If you remember, Monday was an exceedingly hot day 
and Mrs. St. Clair walked slowly, glancing about in the hope of seeing a cab as she did not like the neighborhood in which she found herself. While she was walking in this way down Swandam Lane, she suddenly heard an ejaculation or a cry and was struck cold to see her husband looking down at her. And as it seemed to her, the calling to her from a second floor window, the window was open and she distinctly saw his face, which she describes as being a terribly, a, a terrible, terribly agitated. He waved his hand frantically to her and then vanished from the window so suddenly that it seemed to her that he had been plucked back by some irresistible force from behind. One singular point which struck her quick feminine eye was that although he wore some dark coat such as he had started to turn in, he had on neither collar nor necktie. Hey everyone, this was episode 2 from Man with the Twisted Leaves. Next episode will drop coming Sunday. Till then, stay tuned and subscribe to Podcast. Make sure you place a review. Your reviews are really important. Thank you and stay tuned. Stay safe.